0: Yeah, so it's stewardship season. Woo, let's do it. Who's excited? Yeah, yeah. Some of you who don't know what stewardship is, you're like, what's the hype? And then everyone else, thank you for your applause, but you're probably thinking like, there we go again, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's the time of the year where you know we talk about money and yes, we will have to talk about money. Not every week of this, I, I promise, uh, but it's true. Like we, we have to build a budget. I mean, imagine in your own household, if, if you didn't know if your monthly income was $200 or $2,000, that would drastically change the way that you lived day in and day out. Um, so all of this helps us to plan for next year, but, but that's not why I'm excited about stewardship. Um, I love stewardship uh, and I think it's so exciting because what we get to do is we get to sow uh, for future ministry in the the next year. We're sowing today what we will harvest in the next year. We're we're planting for our vision in the future. Um, And I'll I'll be honest, uh, I have not enjoyed uh, stewardship seasons in in every church um, because sometimes it it feels like, you know, you're trying to pull teeth a little bit. Um, That's sometimes the case here, you know, who you are, the people that turn in your pledge card, like three weeks late. Okay. I see you. I know you, Um, but, but I'm not talking about that today. Um, Because today, today, I just, I just kind of want to talk to you as, as your pastor, not, not as, not as your preacher. I don't, I don't know if that makes any difference to you at all. Um, But what I, what I love about stewardship season and, and especially here in this church, I think it's just so joyful. It's so, it's so exciting. And, and that's because of you all, you all are just so special. Don't let that go to your heads too much. Um, but, but really you are, I mean, you've given faithfully, you've given sacrificially. I know. And, and and I'll be honest, we've come up short every year. <laughs> um, but that just leaves room for the Holy Spirit then to do what God does and, and fill in the gap. And, and yes, yeah, sometimes it's a little scary, but it's awesome to see God at work like that and not just meeting the budget or anything like that. Um, but, but I, I just want to start and say, I, I want to thank God. And, and I want to thank you all for, for the past 20 months. I mean, we haven't had to let go of any staff which is just amazing. And that, that's not the case in every church. That's not the case. In, in every business, as you know, we haven't had to cut any of our ministries because of financial pressures. Yes, we've, we've cut some because of COVID restrictions, but we haven't had to cut anything because of financial pressures that through all of this pandemic, there's just been this kind of sense of financial peace uh, that we've been able to, to do more things. And this past year, I think we gave away more money to to other organizations and partner ministries than we ever have in any year previously. I mean, that's, that's just amazing. That's just remarkable. And so we just, I want to thank you. I want to thank God. Thank your neighbor for that. Because, you know, without that, none of this would have been possible at all. And so it's just a reminder that God provides That God is a God of abundance. God is not a God of scarcity. And you may, you may not think this, but when you have given that $5 or that $50, some of you have given thousands of dollars that that when you have done that, that's been an answer to prayer. Seriously, you, you may not feel like it's that big of a deal, but it's been an answer to prayer. When you have logged in and shown up for that Zoom call, <laughs> that, that was an answer to prayer. Where you have volunteered your time when and where you could, that was an answer to prayer. When you've been refilling hand sanitizers, like that's an answer to prayer. But, you know, stewardship, it's, it's not all about money and and budgets. And and we've worked really hard over the past few years to to make it more than that, because we believe to to be good stewards. God calls us not to just give what we have, but to give who we are, our our talents, our time, our attention to the work of God in in this church, in this community, in the world. And that's just as important. And I know that you all have been praying for this church. I, I mean, I know I can't tally up the prayers, but if I could give like, a confident guesstimate, I would say that this church has been prayed over more in the past 20 months than it ever has before. E- even when we went all online, you all tuned in to Facebook, especially in those early days. Right. Whereas just like an iPhone camera and me and you were there, I was just praying someone was on the other side of the interwebs, but, but you were there and um, you know, you've jumped on to, to Bible studies and and morning coffee throughout the weekdays. Our our youth ministry, children's ministry have done just amazing, innovative, awesome things that, that we have. We have a women's book club right now that is just like on fire. And you wouldn't necessarily think that, but they like caught the worm book bug or whatever during COVID and just the conversations that are going on. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. And I could go on and on and on. There's just so much that I could talk about, but I'm also here to tell you church that we've got kind of an uphill climb ahead of us, that not everything is up and to the right. I I would be lying to you if I told you that. And you, you know that I would be lying to you about that. I mean, I think every church in the U S right now is, is just struggling that that it's hard and it's becoming progressively harder and harder to, to reach our communities with the good news of Jesus. And, And like, Church attendance, what, what even is that anymore? We just have thrown that metric, like out the window that there's, there's just so much up in the air for our communities of faith. And we've got some big challenges ahead of us, but that doesn't mean that we have to be afraid. I know instead, I, I think what it calls us to is the same thing that our forebearers in the faith have called us to, to stand firm. <laughs> to to trust God, to, to believe that God can make a way when there seems to be no way at all to cry out to God and say, Lord, we believe would you help our unbelief? And so, you know, recently I've been thinking about just some of the, defining moments of, of my time here at First Dunedin. And I've been here for about four and a half years. And, and it's a good exercise to just do every now and again, and take some inventory, take stock of things. And um, you know, some of those defining moments, they're, they're obvious. I still remember uh, the first sermon that I preached. I remember some of those early conversations that we had about the church and this kind of get to know you uh, blind date thing that we did, where we talked about, you know, what, what are your hopes? What are your fears? What are the challenges of the church? What's, what's the vision? of the church. I remember some of the, the events like Mardi Gras when the first time we, we tried to actually engage and reach out to our community in, in a meaningful way. I remember Christmas Eve and Easter out in Pioneer Park, awesome things, but, but also not, not everything that came to mind was, was big and glamorous. I mean, I, I still think of that first Sunday where the doors of the church were closed and I was just preaching to You know, John Cook's iPhone, just praying someone was there. Uh, Basically, in in all of these things that I was remembering, all of these moments that were kind of defining were were moments where where you were open, or where the people of God were were open to something new, open to to God use us in a new way. And and I think, isn't that the story of the Bible? Isn't, isn't that the story of our faith that God using people in in a new way, in a fresh way. And there are people who have closed hearts and hard hearts. And there's people who have soft and open hearts. There's people who have closed ears and there's people who have ears to actually hear. And every time, every time God wants to do something new in the world, God has to find a group of people who are open I mean, think back to, to the roots of all of this father, Abraham, or just Abram, as he was called back then, there was nothing special about him. He was just some guy from the land of Ur, wherever that is. And, and and God came to Abram at the time. And God said, "Uh, Abram, Hey, come outside and, and look at the stars in the sky. Now, Abram, you're really old like really, really old. Your wife is, is really old, but, but I want you to try to count all of those stars. You see all of them? Can you count them? No, you can't. That's how many children you're going to have. That's going to be how many descendants that you're going to have. Abram, I, I know that you're old, but you're young at heart. Keep, keep an open heart, and, and I promise that this will happen. And then from Abraham came this small, tiny, poor nation called Israel. I mean, they were totally insignificant, brand new on the scene. And yet God chose them to bless the entire world through. Why? Because they were open, at least at first, that that every time God wants to do something new in the world, God has to find a group of people who are open and willing to obey that call to that new thing. And I think, especially in this season, that God is calling us to, to something new. That God is calling us to, to be open. Uh, something that, that only God could do. And the question that, that we have to ask ourselves is, is are, are we open? And, and this isn't just, you know, preacher talk. I'm not just trying to blow smoke or anything. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And, you know, I think, I think right now, people need the church. People have always needed the church, but I think right now the people need the church more than ever. Not, not just the church in, in 10 years, 20 years from now, but people need the church right now. And it's our job to figure out how can we be the church right now? How can we bring the good news to the needs of the world that are here right now? I think it starts with God asking us, are, are you open I've been thinking about that word open a lot lately. Uh, it's been kind of a, a buzzword over the past couple years, uh, really more so it's, it's antonym uh, has been more popular closed, right? So you've seen businesses close and different things and shops closed, churches closed. Our church was closed for, uh, for a while, even though we were more open than we had ever been before. And so I've been thinking about that word open uh, quite, quite a bit. And over the past uh, 20 months or so, I've been uh, reading through uh, the book of Malachi, which is, um, what's a hard book uh, to read? Uh, It's a very interesting book to read. Uh, It comes from the Old Testament, um, the prophet Malachi, and, and it's the last book in the Old Testament before you turn the page and get to the new Testament and it's the last book before Jesus shows up. And it's not like there's just a page that divides the two. It's not like, you know, there's Malachi and then there's a short intermission and then Jesus shows up onto the scene. No, it was, it was 400 years, 400 years since the book of Malachi was written that God was silent. They didn't know where God was, that God wasn't speaking 400 years of silence before God was born into the world through Jesus. And so you want to know what Malachi's book is about. (laughs) It's about closed hearts and God just trying to pry them open. God, God trying to revive and breathe life into God's people once again. And so there's one particular passage that has just stood out to me um, for obvious reasons over these past 20 months. It comes from um, Malachi chapter one. And so Malachi kind of starts off his book this way. It's a little tough, Um, but this is God speaking. God says this, God says, Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors, shut the doors of the church so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hand. God says, would one of you just please close the doors of my church? Close the doors of my church because everything in there, all that you're doing in there, it's just useless. That's a hard passage to hear. Uh, particularly um, if your job uh, revolves around keeping the doors of the church open, right? Um, not a great thing to read, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but, but I began to ask, God is, is what we do useless? Is, is what happens at first Dunedin? Eden? Is it, is it in vain? That's a hard question to ask, but, but it's a really important one. Because if it turns out it, it is useless, then yeah, God, would you close the doors? If all of this is in vain, God, would you, would you shut the doors? Because it's just a waste of of our time. And, And worse than that, God, this is just a waste of your time. Go ahead and close the doors. But do you know why God asks the people to close the doors of the church, to close the doors of the temple? It's because their hearts aren't open. As you continue to read through the, the book of Malachi, you'll, you'll see that the people just had this apathy towards God. This, this carelessness, this, this recklessness, they were going through all of the motions of worship and, and doing all of that stuff, but their hearts weren't changed. Their, their lives weren't changed. They were still kind of living in darkness. They still had these hard hearts. And so God says, close the doors of the church. And, you know, I thought, I thought that the scariest time for us as a church was March 15th, 2020, when we closed the doors of the church. I thought that that was the scariest time for us. But now I realize, I, I think that this is the scariest time for us to, to think that maybe we have grown apathetic towards God maybe we've grown stale in our faith and that we've turned the church into just something else that we consume instead of something that we contribute to. We, we've turned the church into something else to be consumed instead of something that can actually change us. That, that, that maybe we've gone through these past 20 months and thought, eh, I could do without that. The church is, is useless. I, you know, I, I did it, but maybe, maybe it was all, all in vain. Close the doors. We don't care. 20 months ago, I thought that the most challenging thing in my pastoral career of ministry was going to uh, be getting us through COVID. Now I realize that the most challenging thing is going to be getting us out of COVID. And look, I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart right now. And I think, That's what God is doing through the book of Malachi. But then I thought back and I began to think, God is, if this is useless, close the doors of the church. And and I began to think about you all that you're here right now and that you've never gone anywhere. This isn't useless. This isn't, in vain that every prayer that has been lifted every, every hour that has been volunteered, it's not in vain. It's, it's not useless. God has been teaching me that, that a crowd doesn't make a church. Open hearts are what make a church. So you know what God said to the prophet Malachi in the book of the old Testament, Why, why close the doors of the church of the temple? And why, why was God silent for 400 years? Well, it's because God was about to do a new thing. God wanted to revive the hearts of people and the old ways of doing things, the old patterns of doing things. They they just weren't going to work anymore. God wanted to show up in a new way, to do a new thing. And so God said, you know, close the doors of the temple so that I can come out into the world. The question that I've been asking is, are, are we ready for that? Would we be ready for that? So two years ago, I started to get this itch not like a rash, but like, you know, an inward, an inward itch, right? And, and you know, you've gotten this probably before in your life where you're just asking like, what's next? And so a lot of my prayers would be, God, God, what's next? What's, what's next for this church? What would you have us do? What are you calling us to next? And, and although I never got like a really clear answer about it, you know, the heavens didn't open up and God didn't come down and speak to me and say, you know, first Dundee we'll start blank, blank, blank ministry within the next year. Even though there wasn't a lot of clarity, there was a lot of confirmation that, that during that time, we, we spent a lot of time just trying to figure out who we are, what, what it might be that God is calling us to do. We, we said, you know, we're, we're the church. And so who are we? Why are we here? Well, we're here to connect people to one another and, and to Jesus Christ so that our communities will be more just hopeful and loving, we came up with some, some core values, some identity markers for who we are as a church. And we said, you know, we want to be known as a church who is for every person. We want to be known as a church who is for our community for each other for change for curiosity. And just when I was thinking like, okay, God, we're, we're ready. I think we've got this thing figured out. We're ready to go. Boom. COVID hit. We close the doors of the church. And I think that that was, that was a season of, of testing a a season of, of God examining us, testing us. We said, Hey, Hey God, we want to be a church that's known for change. God said, here you go. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) And I think we were all forced to ask ourselves, like, are, are we really ready for what God is about to do next? And listen, I'm, I'm not saying that God sent this pandemic to claim thousands of lives just to teach us a lesson. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Please, please don't hear me. However, I am saying, I, I think that God did use this time redeemed at this time to get us to ask some really important questions. God came asking us, are, are you ready for the new thing that, that I want you to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know the doors of the church are closed, but God came asking us, but are you open? Are you open? That's what I want to know. And in the season of, of apathy and complacency, where, where so many of us just want to say, ah, let's just wait and see. Let, let's just, let's feel things out. Let, let's just, let's just get back to normal. I don't, I don't want to do new. I just want to get back to normal. I think God is calling us to something new. I think God is calling us to step out in in a new way and receive. And God is asking us, are you open? Not, Not just the doors of the church, but are you, are your hearts open for the new thing that I'm about to do? I think that if we're open, that if we can get that part right, that God will provide everything else. At least that's my testimony of of what I have seen, especially here in this church. But it starts right here. Before God will do something new with us, I I think God first wants to do something new within us. And and so today, it's it's just a simple question, a a simple ask I have of you. That that you can hear this and, and you can receive it with maybe some hesitancy. Or maybe some, you know, I just, I just want to go back to, to normal. Maybe you receive it with some skepticism or, or you could see, receive it with, with a sense of hope, a, a willingness to listen. And, and so my, my ask of you, as we just go into this, this new year and really a, a brand new season, my, my, ask of you is, is will you, will you be open Will you be open to what God can do in in your life, in, in this church, in this community. And so I want to end by taking us to Psalm 126. Psalm 126. um, It's a Psalm of, of ascent, uh, meaning that, that it's a song that the ancient Jewish people would sing as they went up the hill to worship in the temple of Jerusalem. This is before Malachi and, you know, close the doors of the temple and all of that. But Psalm 126 is is a little bit different. There's a lot of Psalms of ascent, but Psalm 126 is a little bit different because it was written after the Jewish people returned from exile. They, They were taken away by the Babylonians for, for hundreds of years had to live in this foreign land under oppression and everything was strange and different. And they were living in this strange land for way too long. Anyone else felt that way? Like in the past year at all? Yeah. this song is for you. And so this is, this is what it says. It says when they got back, it says when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, or, or when the people, when the Lord brought the people back home to Jerusalem, we were like those who dreamed we, we couldn't even believe what was happening. We, we couldn't believe that God could bring us back from such a hard and a difficult time. We were like those who dreamed it goes on. It says our mouths were filled with laughter our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And maybe we'll, we're, we feel like we're, we're still waiting for the, then we're, we're still waiting to, to gather together again. We're still waiting for the, then when our mouths will be filled with joy, our, our tongues with, with songs of joy. But also I think, you know, this, this is the, then this is the, then That the doors of, of God's church, they're, they're not closed. This isn't in vain. This isn't useless. That this is then that God has brought us safe thus far. And so if this is a, then then, then we ought to lift up a shout of praise. Our, our mouths ought to be filled with laughter and our tongues should be, have these songs of joy on them. And the time, the time is now friends. We either are the body of Christ or we're not. We we either are the bride of Christ who has come to, to show hope and love to the world or, or we're not. But I think this, this is our then that this has already happened and we're living in it. And we got, we got to ask God, God, would you do this? Just as you promised, would you restore our fortunes again? Would you gather us back together again, so that it may be said among all the world, "Look at what God has done for them! Look at what God has restored in their lives!" God, that that would be our prayer. Goes on, verse three, it says the Lord has done great things for us. We know it, we believe it, and we are filled with joy. It has happened. This is then. And I think, isn't it awesome? (laughs) These people had to write a song to remind themselves to be thankful, to remind themselves to be joyful and to not just forget the hard things, but to see where they have come and how far they have gone so far. And church, I have so much to be thankful for. I have so much to be joyful about. But then, as the song goes on, we realize that they're caught in kind of this in between time. They're, they're looking back on, on their past with gratitude, with thanksgiving, with joy, but they're also looking towards the future with, with a little bit of hesita- hesitancy and a little bit of hope. This is what it says in, in verse four so it says again, restore our fortunes lord like the streams of the negev do you know what the negev is the negev is it's a dry place like a like a really dry place it, it never it never rains there in the negev but when it does streams of water come rushing and flooding everything around it like a flash flood and if you're not ready for it you'll get totally washed out and i think when God releases his spirit to us, when when God floods your heart with his presence, you've got to be prepared for it. That that this would be our our prayer too. God, would you come and flood our hearts? God, would you come and take those dry and dusty places? And would you bring your life-giving water to them again? Revive us, Lord. The question we have to ask is, are we open? Are we ready for that? Says those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And this is where I want to leave us. For everyone who has been mourning a disappointment over this past year, everyone who has been crying, those of you who felt like those disciples right after the cross, the horror, the pain, everyone scattered that, that at the cross, everyone withdrew their membership from the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the promise here says that those who sow with tears will reap songs of joy. goes on. It says those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow. That, that even though they go out weeping, they go carrying a symbol of hope with them. That they go carrying a, a seed with them. And I know that that's been a lot of you. And, and I want to say, thank you. I want to say, thank you that, that you have continued to sow seeds of hope. You've continued to pray. You've continued to give, you've continued to show up, even though you are going through a, a personal hardship of your own. It hasn't been in vain. I, I see you. I know God knows, but you've gone out weeping and you've been sowing, planting, preparing open to the new thing that God wants to do. Open to being revived. And the interesting thing. I, I think about this is that, you know, sowing, sowing takes time. That when you plant something, it's not the next day, it, it pops up and it sprouts. But you sow because you know what to hopefully expect. You have, you have this confidence in, in the way that things work, that when you, you sow something, you, you know that the typical outcome, not always, but the typical outcome should be that, that something does come up, that, that sowing seed, there, there will be a harvest at the end of the day. And we, we may have gone out weeping, sowing seed in, in a hard and a dry time, but you've prayed anyways. You've given anyways. You've, you've shown up anyways. God, in, in such a dry place, we've sown seeds asking you to restore our fortunes. God knows what you've gone through. God knows what we've all been through. And so here's, here's the final promise that God gives in this Psalm it says those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow says will return with songs of joy, carrying seeds with them in abundance with them. So for a season they wept, but then they gathered for, for a season they, they were scattered all about they, they weeped, but then God shows up and God says, It's harvest time. God, we've been sowing. We were scattered for a season, weeped for a season. But I believe that that we were scattered so that we could gather together for a greater harvest. So that we could return with songs of joy in our mouths. The, The church doors were closed. So that our hearts might be open the doors of the church were closed so that God might live within us. Have your hearts been open? And if not, are are they open now? Are Are you willing to have them revived now? I think that this has been the greatest season of ministry that we have ever experienced. Even though we were scattered, even though it was all over the place, and I know your life has probably felt that same way, Priorities got scattered, whole life got scattered away. And you've been asking that question, what will it be like on the other side? Well, today, I'm, I'm just asking you, I'm just asking you to, to make a commitment to be open. To be open to God, to be open to one another, to be open to what God could do through you and through all of us. But God first wants to know, is there room in you? To do a new thing. Let me pray for us. So Lord. I don't even know where to begin. We come before you with. Hearts that are just. Thankful. Joyful. Praising your name. And yet also, Lord, you, you know, the trials, you know, the dry places. And so God, we, we ask that you would come and flood us with your Holy spirit. God, that that you would, you would come and revive us and restore us and refresh us that you would give to us those streams of living water to drink from. God, we pray. that our hearts might be open to you and Lord, even, even if we feel like we're not ready, or would you begin to pry them open a little bit? Would you begin to soften them? Would you begin to speak a a word of hope into us? God, you have, you've given us seed to sow. Help us to see that there is good soil around us to plant in.